0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Weekly Games Chat. I am your host, Chris, as always, joined by my co-host, Sean. Hey, what's up, Chris?
1: You might not want to let go of that button so soon, sir. It's good to be here in a world where we all need toilet paper.
0: And John.
2: Well, Sean, some people need toilet paper. But if you need toilet paper, instead, just eat two apples a day.
0: The best part... you also
1: let go of your button
0: (laughs) yeah so we are all remote right now uh and the fun part of this is that these guys are getting echoes because i'm going through my board uh so everyone's on push to talk so this is obviously completely different and foreign for all of us today
1: yeah but that time you held on pretty good which was nice um you know i'm just thankful to be here in a world you know in, in a world, a world. <laughs> indeed. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird because right before we went on, Chris, you mentioned that um, an NBA superstar in Kevin Durant recently or just now said that he's got coronavirus. Um,
0: thoughts and prayers,
1: thoughts and prayers. You know, we have the Tom Hanks and the Rita Wilson's of the world, the Ildris Elbas.
0: You said it right this time, they don't know the
1: airway you said
0: it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't know, nobody. So yeah, How, what have you guys been doing though? In, in a world of such change so
0: quickly, anyone comes near my door, I just cock my <laughs> shotgun and and they go away.
1: Do you pull the uh, you know, like Kevin and Home Alone? Do you have some movies ready to go so if they come to the door, they hear things?
0: I should do that. I should get some firecrackers and put them in a the pan. John, did that happen? Yeah, he puts, uh, whenever he's uh, trying to make it seem like he's doing the shootout part of the movie, he's got like uh, a row of uh, firecrackers he just lights and they blow up in a pan.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember. Memories. Memories. Old guy. What's your favorite Home Alone, one or two?
0: One by a mile. Two is just about him becoming a freaking sociopathic murderer
1: but Which he's in new york so funny right
0: because <laughs> he's nine
1: <laughs> i thought you liked two because of the one lady that was the uh the homeless lady that you you said oh, she's an amazing actress
0: maggie uh oh, i cannot remember her last name yeah she's like my my foot
1: <laughs> oh goodness goodness gracious
0: this is gonna this be weird. the weirdest episode of weekly game chat and by the way this is the banter portion. Even if I do have to push the talk <laughs> to do it, uh, so if uh, you don't want to hear us banter, if you don't want to hear us ramble on about the the covids and all that wonderful stuff, uh, then make sure to look at the uh, topic time marker in time, the time, uh, time. <laughs> in the show description, and you will get uh, the indication of where you should go in the show to actually listen to the main topic.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be great this week because it's a, a rare situation to where it's a trifecta of as far as input on the main topic. It doesn't happen often, guys.
2: I, I didn't I didn't play
1: it. <laughs> oh God.
0: That's funny. That's his horizon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. What was the game again?
0: Uh Animal Crossing.
1: <laughs> Nintendi.
2: Dude, speaking of Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Um, EB Games called me today and said we are canceling the midnight release, and you can just pick it up on Friday, followed by a colorful metaphor.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I feel like the biggest thing with all this COVID stuff going on, you know, video games have been getting there, and I think it's evident because they've been so far. I think as far as revenue stream been one of the least affected out there compared to something like movies, which I think is the most effective or, uh, music, which is kind of up and down, right? Like new releases aren't being affected, but live shows are all being canceled. Um, I wonder if this is just going to push everyone to a very data conscious environment finally, where it gets, those last parts that we've been hanging on to, like if you go five or six months without people being able to go to the store to buy something because they're fearful of disease or whatever, what does that do? Probably makes it so that more people go and buy it online instead or buy it digitally.
1: Yeah, it was funny. uh Before the show, my wife.
0: Your wife. Your wife. This is going to be Thank
1: weird. <laughs> um, she she was like, oh, my God, the world is coming to an end. Amazon is closing. And I was like, shut up. No, they're not. So I go to Amazon.com and I look at their COVID-19 message. And what they're doing is basically prioritizing the necessities of life. Um, and they're also hiring 100,000 people, apparently, to keep up with the demand because people are relying on that digital service for ordering of various things, just like you just said, Chris. So it's already happening.
0: Yeah, and now Universal is trying, you know, whereas some are moving their movies away uh, just trying to find new dates. Like, Universal basically just said, pay us 20 bucks, and you can watch your Trolls. And um, they have some other big movie that's about to come out, too.
1: Universal, what else do they got coming out? Uh, Yeah, but that's a good thing, I think. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because I was thinking, like, outside of a couple of like extremely big blockbusters, right? The ones that cost 200 million or more to make a lot of these, they could probably do some sort of digital service. And most people would just prefer to watch them at home anyways. Right.
1: Yeah. But movie theaters don't want to close out because they want to sell popcorn and candy.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're the (laughs) ones who lose in all this is the movie theater.
1: Right. Just saying that and Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is an icon, John. Don't you dare. He's group. Well, his his movie came out over the weekend. Do you remember it? It was called Bloodshot. <clears throat> Nobody went to see it. No, I and
0: now you. they can't go see it.
1: <laughs> wow, John. Just hit a man
0: when he's down, huh?
1: Is that what you do? Is that what you do, John? <laughs> what I miss uh, about... The- What I miss about not being in front of John is that I won't see him yawn. Yawning John?
2: Right. Did it ever occur to you that your face makes me yawn?
1: I don't think it's my face, John. And that's hurtful again. You're being mean. For once.
0: (laughs) On Wednesdays, John must wear pink because he's a mean girl.
1: (laughs) Right. I don't know (laughs) if I like uh, at home via the interwebs John.
0: I'm just glad he sounds good.
2: I'm just, just, I'm just trying not to talk too much because I don't want the, I don't want that mic to pick up on me. I'm a little bit self conscious.
1: That's no, fine. So, so you're doing great on not talking too much because you're hardly talking. But we need you to pick that up a little bit. Also, because you've chosen to you go got put, it covered. But right before you go push to talk, buddy, you hold that button down till you're done talking. Okay. You know.
2: <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? What, what do you? What do you mean? That's funny. What you're trying to say. <laughs>
0: You know, it's funny. I just realized that in theory, I could just not hold down my button and just talk over whatever your points are that you're making in the moment and you won't know until the episode That's comes true. out.
2: Very <laughs> true. And we know you would do that. I wouldn't. That's why we fear you. Where'd
0: you <laughs> find that at? We're, so Wi-Fi
1: oh. wife made uh, a shopping trip and she comes into the room and drops down a 96 roll of cotton nail toilet paper
2: tell me where now tell me where i gotta go now
0: (laughs) i guess like you know it was funny because of course everyone was panicking this past week around here i don't i don't understand why they're panicking on toilet paper but it's just the way it is but uh it was funny because everyone was panicking that publix and walmart were sold out me on the other hand when i needed some tp i just went down the street to piggly wiggly And there was plenty of it available
1: down home, down the street.
0: And that's when that was when I knew that society was not ready to fall yet, because I was like, okay, the pig still has stuff, you know, (laughs) they haven't gone to the deep stuff yet.
2: Did they have hot dog buns?
0: They did, they did. Uh, But Publix had hot hot dog buns. Uh, I cannot explain. So I go there. I went to Publix. I I usually go to Publix. Nope. Um, or i'm sorry you're right you're right i got it backwards they did not have hot dog buns they had hot dogs so i went there i went there sunday uh just to pick up some basic stuff and you know i wasn't surprised at like all the meat like regular you know if you want chicken breast (laughs) or ground uh ground beef or steak well they still had steak because i guess most people don't want to spend a lot of money on that right but um tube steak did they but, but um they uh you know I, i'm like walking around and i'm just looking and I'm like okay what can i get that you know will give me like a basic lunch or whatever for the week and i bought some you know some bread and some cheese to make a grilled cheese right and stuff like that and i was like oh there's hot dogs here i was like cool they weren't on sale but i was like you know what eh, screw it i'll buy some hot dogs and then I go down the bread aisle. There's plenty of bread for my my grilled cheeses, but no hot dog buns. There were hamburger buns though. That was the weird part.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah you yeah. don't have
2: to you don't have to boil a hamburger.
0: Yeah, but most people can cook a hamburger on your uh on like, you know, like your skillet. on a skillet. Yeah. It's not a hard thing. It's
2: Make some splicker, sloppy man. joes. When you got to run from the zombies, do you, do you, do you nuke a hot dog or do you fry some beans?
0: That's fair. Fry some beans, <laughs> fry
2: some beans. I'm particularly, <laughs> I'm particularly appreciating all the video game post-apocalyptic jokes that are starting to come out. Like what was one today I saw in, in video game world, it would be uh, bottle tops is currency. Now it's toilet paper, that kind of thing. <laughs> but uh yeah i, I I'm, I'm just glad we stocked up on tp because <clears throat> well we didn't like that's like
1: gold we didn't stock up and like chris said uh the virus isn't a you know it's gonna come out of your bunghole virus it's i think people just was like you know uh amongst all the other things we need let's make sure we have toilet paper so we don't have to come back out and then it turns into a oh, my God, everybody at our Walmart's buying toilet paper. I got to call all of my cousins and friends and family. And then <clears throat> I, mean, I just died, apparently, because my throat fell out. Um, and then their family and friends come, and then all of a sudden everybody thinks everybody's buying toilet paper, and it turns into just a mess.
0: That's that's called panic.
1: Yeah, I just described panic, long-winded.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I think... There's this part right now where people, because of the fact of we've had so many movies and because people have had to, like, for instance, if you live in the Northeast or whatever, you've gone through a blizzard before. So you do understand how serious it can be when you're not supposed to leave your house for, you know, seven days or you can't leave your house. But I do think a lot of it is just movies have in a way given us this idea that when things start to go bad, society is going to completely fall apart. Like we're kind of conditioned in that mindset. So instead of having faith that it's like, Hey, there's really no reason for the people who make toilet paper to stop making toilet paper. Everyone's worrying what happens when toilet paper goes.
1: It's really funny. Then you start seeing the, the, the people posting pictures of, like you cut your paper towels in half and all these like weird ways to, to make toilet paper last. And I'm like, here we go. Here we go.
0: I mean, I bought a six pack, right. Which I never buy that much. And I bought like the mega roll one, you know? So usually a regular four pack will last me about a month. So I think I'm good for a while, you know?
2: Yeah. But you know, that spray nozzle in the sink, there you That's go. Day right there. Just if yeah. you <laughs> run out, just there you <laughs> go. <laughs> <I'm>
1: <laughs> the day kidding. of, we we go by because uh, we're moving pretty soon, so we stop by our Home Depot and we're gonna get boxes. But while we're in there, we're like, hey, let's just see, you know, because like the Lows and Home Depots of the world, they do have toilet paper as well. We go down the aisle, and there happens to be a worker, and uh, he's like, oh man, it's it's gone. I was like, well, I mean, worst case, you know, I do have a water hose in a yard. I go and just drop trow and. You know?
0: You just each take turns. <laughs> See who's got the best aim with the hose.
1: Yeah, man. Just squirt it right off. You'll be good. Sean, Sean, what
2: state do you what state do you live in?
1: Alabama.
0: Yeah. You're in you're in COVID country now.
1: Yeah, Chris, uh one of the counties close to or technically it's is it my county?
0: Yeah, you're in Lee County, right? <laughs> Like (laughs) i read that news and I was like running down to the 13th street bridge. I'm like, we have to blow it. It's the only way we can stop them.
1: (laughs) Uh, Like, like all the news are saying, I think what's going to happen is as we get used to, or or society gets uh, available tests to have done more, people are going to quote unquote, have it. So it's going to make the numbers seem like there's all these cases, but I think we're going to find that the overwhelming majority of people who get it, you're going to be Okay. Um, just wash your hands, keep them out your face, and stay away from people for a little while, you know?
0: Yeah, it's going to be a long year.
1: Yeah, dude, it's not... This is something that's like, yeah, like what you said, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, until they get a vaccine in any way, you just have to be mindful that until that happens, it's it's something that can easily die down and then just as quickly come back again in a second wave. Yeah, it's what sucks about this stuff. Anyways, this has been a fun opening <laughs> uh section yeah. for the podcast. Definitely weird. Uh man, just think we could be doing it this way for like the next uh like 3-4 months. Ooh. That's going to be weird. We'll figure it out. Yeah. True. Who knows. Um do you guys want to go ahead and get to the topic this week? Yes. I'm
1: a- Yes, yes, yes. I'm I'm excited about the topic. Uh I like how we all are 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 layered, but we've all played it like I said, the you know the the loyal listeners of this fine podcast don't get this too often, you know.
0: I just want you both to know that if you don't do this stuff with your arms up and down even though you won't hear the music and I can't see you, <laughs> I will know and I'll be very disappointed in both of you.
1: Well, I've been doing it the whole time, Chris.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Hey.
1: Okay. Oh.
0: Uh, okay, you guys topic. want to go to the topic then?
1: Time, 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 Sure, tom, why not? Time, 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 time. Thumbs up. Tom, tom, yeah. Tom.
0: The topic is... <laughs> For e and the will of the world. It's a lot easier when you guys are in there. I, gotta, I gotta Why, Because you can just let loose. I can. Yeah. I'm just like in my little corner here. My little nook. Do can I?
2: You're in can room? I say something? I got to say something. Sure. Something just happened that's never happened while I'm recording this show. What's my that? My wife just gave me a big
1: old kiss.
0: <laughs> Your wife?
1: His wife, uh...
0: She's welcome to come any week she wants to. Well, not right now. That's what he
1: said! Oh my goodness.
0: So, uh, yeah. Ori and the Will of the Wisp, Moon Studios. This game came out exactly five years to the day of Ori and the Blind Forest. Craziness, right?
1: That is a fun fact, Christopher Lockard.
0: There it is. Now they know my last name.
1: They've always known,
0: probably.
2: Crap! I just kept playing Zombie Army for. Gee.
1: That piece. <laughs> that hot garbage <laughs> that you almost sold me on.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> we try. <laughs> uh, um. But yeah. I think we all played it. I beat it. John, did you end up uh, finishing it last night, or were you close?
2: This seems to be a running theme with me. Um, (laughs) I am right there at the back (laughs) of the game.
0: Where are you at, exactly?
2: Well, you have to, at the end of the game, you have to collect six or seven um, of the same item to unlock something if you know where I'm going
0: talking about the hearts
2: yeah I don't want to say too much about it but yeah that's where I'm at I'm on the final <laughs> yes yeah, Sean part.
0: that that is exactly what sorry we have a chat up right here and Sean just just nailed it <laughs> <laughs>
2: what <the> what? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty yeah, good so, yeah that's so that's where I'm at I, I'm on um, I got all of them except one that was the one that's at the top of the map and so I'm, that's what I have to get, and then I, I I assume I jump into a boss, and then correct, it's, it's over. So.
0: But you're almost there.
2: I'm pretty much there.
0: <laughs> and Sean, you were what? You were basically where uh, where you were with Curry? You said right? Where you? you, yeah, you nailed it.
1: The Silent Forest area. That's where I am.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Pats me on the head. Moves on.
0: Good job. <laughs> good you're you're doing good slugger
1: well, i mean i do i that's like to cute. bring uh you're right i like to bring you know um you know like how some listeners are the game just came out friday
0: came out last wednesday sir
1: that's what i said you know <laughs> i mean we haven't had a lot of time to beat it you know
2: well chris i gotta say i was i was online with sean last night and i can tell you it's gonna take him another year to finish this game he
0: is really stupid. <laughs> yeah, I could hear it earlier too. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're not wrong and Chris got a little bit of that today. I, I'm at a part where I honestly I need to figure out what to do. I I've got my little my little my little friend back and
0: uh Kerr, I believe is his name. Yeah,
1: K-U-R or K-I-R.
0: Yeah, because uh so for those who cool. are whatever it is, yeah, it, it's uh so for those who didn't play the first one, um in the first game, no- Ori, who is the main character, of course, is this kind of guardian or light creature of the forest. I can't remember the actual technical name, but the idea is that he gets separated from a tree, uh, which is kind of like cool. a tree of uh, tree of life for the area. And it's the process of him kind of bringing life back to that forest. The blind forest is what it was called. And at the very end of the game, you ended up, uh, reunited with your friends, and uh, the big thing, though, is that there was an addition in the name of Koo, uh, who has some very significant ties to things that actually happened in that first game, so now, as we're starting Will the Wisp and picking up, we're going a little forward in history now of like, okay, what happened after the end events of this game, and then eventually it leads to what is the start of Will of the Wisp. Yeah. Was that a good recap, John, without being too spoilery?
2: It was absolutely wonderful. Uh, Thank you.
1: Being a, a, a gamer who is in the midst of still playing also um, the first Ori, I think you did great. I don't feel like you gave anything away. Uh, and I also, just going into this game, I, could, I, I felt that it was, like you said, it kind of picked right off of, where the events of the blind forest would have left me, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, and Darth Maul got cut in half, by the way, Sean.
1: Why? What I do.
2: <laughs> he got he got cut in half in the game.
0: Yes. What happened? <laughs> Qui Gon <laughs> died in, in, in Ori in the Blind Forest. <laughs> what? Right. And then Ori cuts yeah. uh, Darth, Darth Maul, Maul in half.
1: <laughs> oh no This is no good.
0: And then Koo is born. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers. Darth Maul.
2: It was was pretty graphic. It was pretty graphic. Once he gets cut in half, Koo crawls out of his bottom half, and it was just nasty.
0: Really bad. It was nasty. It was nasty.
2: Uh, Whatever, Sean. You suck at games.
1: You're, you're great at Ooh. games. I, I'm not going to be mean to you. You can beat me down all you want to, John, and your stupid computer and your perfect first player shooting you just technique. Said
2: something mean to me.
1: And you know what? You do what you got to <laughs> do, sir. It, it makes you feel better, okay. You're stupid. Sir. But
0: anyway,
2: I'm a small little man.
0: <laughs> uh. So at the start of this game, without <laughs> spoiling too much of where we're going. Uh, Basically, Koo and Ori end up in a storm and end up in this new area. And when they end up in this new area, they are separated from one another. So kind of where you start out, Ori is just trying to find Koo. Uh, And Koo who is young and definitely nowhere near the agile, powerful uh, warrior that Ori is, is just kind of trying to find shelter and survive. Uh, and it becomes very clear to Ori as soon as he gets into this game uh, that this place uh, maybe m- might be more corrupt and dark than the blind Forest got in the first game.
2: Agreed. And bigger.
0: Much bigger. I was um, reading kind of what the inspiration was by the developers in this game and uh, from... What they said, they said, like, to them, Ori and the Blind Forest was their Super Mario Bros., right? And they said the goal for this game was the same leap uh, that Super Mario Bros. took from that to Super Mario Bros. 3. And I can say, well, maybe it's not as near perfect game as Super Mario Bros. 3, because that's, like, one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, I definitely get what he's saying, right? Uh, John, you probably could speak to this more than Sean can, but like, whereas the first game definitely puts a lot of basic mechanics, it's very clear that everything is taken and expanded upon greatly to kind of give you a completely new experience than you might have thought was possible coming into this.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's 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 definitely a, a a leap but it's you know they don't have the uh, advantage of um having one of those awkward games in the middle of a series called mario brothers 2 (laughs) yeah but they definitely did a successful job i think of keeping the spirit if you will of the original game and giving you better options and better versatility in the gameplay because in the first game the platforming was the star of the game it was simply ori Um, traversing the world and and gaining different abilities to do that like you would in a metroidvania but his weaponry and things like that were just pretty basic and straightforward
0: and you didn't really have I mean from my uh, unless I'm just forgetful uh, while you might have like areas and zones in the first one where you just got locked in and you had to beat maybe a couple of enemies before the pathway would open on the other side uh, there really wasn't true boss fights in the first one it was more of yeah um escape sequences were the big highlight that was the biggest challenging part like (laughs) just how good can you get platforming for you know 45 to 60 seconds
1: i laugh because that was uh there was an escape sequence last night that john got to hear me go through and almost tore me down
0: they they are still in here uh i don't (laughs) think they're nearly as hard as they were in the first game
1: oh that's great that's just (laughs) great chris
0: uh, But the big thing that is different what well, I'm kind of alluding to is now. Whereas the first game, I agree with John, like the first game, it was really about the movement and how good it felt to kind of figure out how to use the different moves that Ori had. And especially as he unlocked new abilities to get to areas that might've seemed impossible And like the platforming in that is just so good. And while there was combat, it, definitely wasn't something you really focused too much on. Whereas now in this one, I have to say, I think some of the best highlights of the whole entire game. Now of both games combined are these new boss fights that you get in there. I was a little bit worried at first when I did Hal, which is the very first boss you fight. Cause I was like, ah, okay. But once, uh, I got into the core of the game, uh, I have to say, like, there's probably four major ones, four or five really major ones in the game, and they all feel unique. They all feel memorable, uh, and they can all be approached in different ways based on the kind of abilities you choose to invest in and uh, what you like to use.
1: Yeah, I think even in where I'm at, I think I've fought two or three bosses, and that's well said. Uh, they throw one at you kind of early on and you don't really know what to do. But then as the game progresses, like you say, you unlock these certain things that you kind of get to choose what you want to unlock and that, that, you know, ultimately will influence how you progress, you know, fighting these these bosses a little later on, which I think makes this game, you know, kind of, kind of cool in that aspect, if that makes sense.
0: For sure.
2: Yeah. And you got to hand it to the developers for adding not just movement skills, but weapon-based skills, all these different skills that they've added to the game. And at the same time, everything feels like when you're operating Ori and you're controlling Ori, all these additional skills, it still feels like it's kind of second nature to play the game. Mm -hmm. It's not; It doesn't feel like you're trying to memorize something because all of that heavy platforming, it all becomes very muscle memory based.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right
0: yeah as you uh gain more confidence um and i mean there is a lot there right cuz you're thinking <laughs> you have stuff that's going on with the left button the right button uh you know the trigger buttons and stuff uh on top of what are primarily your attacks on the face buttons themselves um and yeah for the most part it works very very well i will say there are a couple of times later on where i was trying to do certain things where I had, and I was at odds of maybe I had an idea of what should happen, right? What I was trying to do and accomplish and what I ended up doing. Uh, And I don't know if it was so much user error or just not being able to execute it in my mind correctly to what the game was requiring of me. But, you know, that's probably my one complaint as far as control was concerned.
2: Yeah, that was just one moment. I think it was last night when I was um, trying to play one of the new um, abilities I got last night was working consistently, except at this one point where it just felt like it was working 30% of the time, which made it difficult for me to, it took me longer to get past this.
0: I bet I know what it is. Is it, is it the burrow ability? And is it that freaking worm?
2: No, I didn't really have much problem. The only problem I had with with that that area and chase sequences in general is that's the one place where I would sort of get my get my buttons mixed up. But mm-hmm. there was the, the 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 ability when you shoot up the fire and you're able to um, bash.
0: From I got the fire, you. Yeah, yeah, that can be a, a pain. Cer-
2: there was a certain part just one tiny part in the game where it didn't seem to be working properly.
0: Yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about like, yeah, when you shoot the flame up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was actually, that was kind of what I was alluding to. Like there was a part where I could tell I was trying to reach, you know, a, um, a cell, you know, life cell or energy an cell. And I was like, I could tell what they wanted me to do, but no matter how many times I tried to aim the fire, um, the fireball in the right direction, it, it was like I could never nail it because I was in midair and I had like almost no time uh, and I had to be perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah. Some of the things they want you to do or they do require a perfect execution. Um, I will say that sometimes when I thought that the game uh wasn't registering what I was doing or a button wasn't working, I, I I found that I was overlooking that it had already successfully done what I wanted it to do. And it was more on my end, so uh, I don't know. I, but I, I do feel like overall, though, the controls—I mean, they're pretty solid. You know what I mean? I know we said that a little bit earlier when we get into the yeah. rabbit hole of stuff, but it like it's just so second nature that it's—it's it's a great compliment to you know the visuals and and everything else that had the games going on when, when you're playing, and it. it's just fantastic.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the controls themselves, what complements them is outside of those few instances, like you're, you're, as I said, like the big thing you're adding in this game is these boss fights. And if the controls weren't working perfectly, I think it would be very easy to get upset with them because they're not like, you know, Neo or or Dark Souls level boss fights, but they are still a little bit of a challenge. You know, um, and you kind of have to understand what your abilities do and you have to trust that they are going to do them correctly when you call upon them. And I felt, for the most part, if I ever died in a boss fight, it wasn't because of an input not doing what I expected it to. It was more of me not reading the enemy correctly and getting what I deserved. <laughs> We just sit
1: here, nod our heads, forget that we're not in front of you. It's so mm-hmm. hilarious. You're end. like,
0: yeah, yeah. Maybe we should have been recording this way for years. That now we're like sense, finally bro. the NPR podcast I wanted to be.
2: Um, yes, uh, Chris, you are uh one hundred percent right. I agree with that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh but story wise, um without getting too spoilery, John, how are you liking it?
2: I, um, just like, just like the the previous game, these, these developers are very gifted at giving you a minimalist approach to story where it's not giving you a lot of, um, word exposition. They are telling the story through emotion. They're telling the story through pulling at your heartstrings. And a big part of this, which, you know, I kind of want to tie into the story is, the music is helping really tell this story because that music mm-hmm. seems to be a character in and of itself in this game. I mean, it, it seems like it's there, the, the music's there rooting me on and it's there to console me when I'm feeling a moment of sadness and it's, and the music seems to build and reward me when I'm doing something powerful. But the story itself, it's hitting all those beats where I've, I've never really seen it's a rare gift to be able to tell a story this way so effectively in a minimalist way where it's telling you a story where you're understanding themes rather than details.
1: Yeah. And another thing, I think you said it well, you know, you said minimal approach to the story, but that minimal approach has a maximum impact on the player. And I find myself just honestly, it's, it's like you said, with everything weaves together, the music, the story, the art, the just all of the things that it just is a harmonious combination of things that you're, you're witnessing guys.
0: Huh? Yeah. They, they use every piece <laughs> they have in their, uh, in their toolbox and they use it effectively. I, I agree with John. Like these guys do some of the best music orchestration and especially like uh, you, you just kind of want to see what they could do if they weren't creating a game. Like if you just had the studio actually make an animated movie, how good it would be because they, they understand storytelling. They understand great animation and they understand how to set a mood for a scene uh, in using all three of those tools together. Uh, I also have to give them credit because I was the one thing I was thinking about knocking about it at one point was I was like, I wonder if this is just going to be the exact same threads we went through in the first game, but with a little bit of a different twist. And for for part of it, I felt like that's where we were going. And then where the story actually goes and how it concludes and everything. I actually got to say, it feels like it's a unique chapter compared to the first one. It definitely does not just feel like the first game with a new skin. You know, and that, that was really cool to see because sometimes you get to that sophomore game for these studios and you kind of realize, Oh, Hey, you had a great idea for the first one. And yeah, you might be able to make some innovations on how you play it. But as far as your story is concerned, you, whereas the other thing was an idea that was perfected maybe over many years. Now, when you've been pressed to come up with something new uh, and unique again, that's where you struggle. Right. And, and, I don't think they did that. And if anything, I have to give them credit because it feels like they took risk with the story of, of where it ends up. And I'm interested to actually see if they do another Ori, uh, what that means, where this game ends up and where it's going to go.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I think you're definitely right on the on the on the story. It, it, it's it's the same, but it's different. You know, in the beginning of the first game, you find, you know, to me, the theme of the first Ori is about a about an orphan trying to find his place in the world and try to discover family or make family what, how do I say, um, find connections with people who might not be blood, who, who can still be your family. And in the second, in this game, it, se- it seems like they're expanding on it. And learning about doing what it takes to keep your family together.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's perfectly said, because as I play this game, if someone told me to describe that, it would be that, yeah, this is his family. And yeah, well said, John. Good job, buddy.
0: Yeah. And it feels like um, that just isn't Ori that that extends to in this game. Right. Like, right you consistently the characters that you're meeting uh, throughout, and there are a lot more characters in this one than there were in the first one. Everyone seems to have that same understanding goal of we're in this yeah. together.
2: Yeah. And, and dare I say, uh, I, you know, I, I think the additions of all the characters in the game and the, and the speaking and all that stuff and their interactions was one of those risks that they took. But for me, it makes, it makes me more connected to this world I'm in because while the, while the world in the first game was kind of a character in and of itself, you, you didn't really have that kind of connection to it, the way you do in this game where you find yourself fighting these people's battles for them and making this place a better place for them. And as a far, as far as a story beat, what's interesting, and I don't know how it's going to end up, but um, you're also, finding more of who Ori is and what his character is all about because you know in the first game they really didn't expand on it he was just sort of some random being and in this game it's introducing you to more of why he's significant and why this character was created in the first place
0: yeah how it ties back to a greater world I would say like that there's this shared theme that His tree isn't just one tree, right? And things like that, that this is one of many, I guess, interconnected lands that have similar ideas into them.
2: There's always a city, there's always a lighthouse, and there's always a.
0: Oh, that'd be funny if Ken Levine sues them. (laughs) Give me my Bioshock money um but uh that said uh, do you guys have anything else i don't I, I i wish i could say more but i definitely don't want to spoil anything um now the, the thing i wanted to highlight was just how beautiful
1: this game is which i think is really no secret i mean the first game was absolutely stunning uh and and the guys at what is it uh moon, moon studio moon studios yeah they were able to pull in a guy from blizzard who who loved that the way the first game looked and he he definitely – I felt like there was a Blizzard, Blizzard's artist touch on some of the new things they introduced into this game. Uh, the music is an important part to me, uh, and we, we kind of talked about all that. So I'm not as far as you guys in the story, obviously. We have one completion. We have one almost there, and then you have me. Uh, but I think everything we said is fair to anybody listening within that that – uh, range of where they are in the game. Hey, we may even have some people that are still playing Ori in the Blind Forest. So uh, wherever you're at, if you're a fan of Ori, you have to, I think, be playing Ori in the Wheel of the Wisps at some point very soon. Well,
2: well, well guys, I wanted to... I, I, I don't think we want to overlook just how different and in what ways the combat is different. I mean, in, in the first game, it was just sort of this one-note combat, which was fun, and it was effective, but the versatility of how you approach combat, your active and passive abilities, the different weapons that you acquire, things like that. I mean, it, to me, it's just one of those, it, that was one of the bigger risks where the first time I got my first weapon in this game, I was like, wait, where's my where's my projectile weapon? I, I just want that back. So it was a real risk of making these weapons work in this,
1: in this world. You know, they say... Uh... Scare money don't make money,
0: John. I used, uh, I was a big fan of the spear and the, um, it was kind of like a ninja star thing or like a boomerang in a way with uh, uh, a force of light where it would go out, do about four hits and then return to you. And if anything was in its path, it would do more damage. I like those two. In terms yep. of attacks,
2: yeah, I focused on I focused on the sword. I, mean, I pretty much, and you know, this will get a couple of playthroughs for me. But I, you know, at first I was I got really used to the sword, but then I got a, then I'm really I've got the the hammer and I've upgraded the mm. the hammer ability because it's really helpful in taking down those large enemies. Um, they're the dark versions of that guy that you meet up in the treetops, but um,
0: plus it doesn't cost you any. Uh actual exactly. orbs to use the bash yeah the,
2: yeah but what what, should, what What? just out of curiosity what passive abilities were y'all using most of the time through the game
0: um yeah so there is new passive ability like this is the kind of stuff we're talking about like when you're talking about the expansion of it going from super mario bros to super mario bros 3 uh there are passive abilities and attacks and everything to to do in this one uh but mainly and, and there are challenges that allow you to unlock more slots for these passive abilities. Uh, but I primarily was using <clears throat> stuff that was giving me more light damage uh, and, and focus. And then uh, I, a lot of it was more traversal stuff, like, you know, making sure that I always was sticking to walls, having triple jump so that, <laughs> you know, I would... It, it was a lot easier to reach areas once I had that. Things like that. Yeah.
1: Currently, I'm rocking, I think, the this, this sticky wall thing, like you said. So Ori sticks to the walls. I'm rocking an extra life uh, health little thing. Um, um, I'm rocking triple jump. And there's one more, I think, where I do more damage mm-hmm. with my sword. Um, So, yeah, I'm sure I'll mix some of those up, but I can't see myself getting rid of the triple jump like you mentioned and maybe not getting rid of like sticky wall Ori. Cause that, that has come in handy already.
0: Yeah. I, I think once you have sticky wall, it's, it's very hard to, to not have that equipped. Right. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: Cause then it's just like, can I think it, it goes back to feeling like the first game where the first game you did not stick to the wall, you could climb up the walls and you would slide down the walls, but you had to be in consistent motion. So Having that ability to just be like, okay, let me sit here for a second and figure out what I need to do next. Right. It's a nice uh, safety net.
1: I agree, buddy. Like, mm-hmm. legit.
0: Um. So, I feel like, John, do you feel like you're in a place where you could give a Richard or do you want to hold off? Are you feeling Richardy?
1: Did you say Sean or
0: John? Sean. I figured John's uh, at a point where he could.
1: <laughs> I, I get what this game is doing. Um, I'm going to do a tentative, Richard, obviously. I'll I, I start it off with this. This game, for me, we are early in the year, but this is a strong contender to be, if not my game of the year, my top three. I, I love this game. Uh, while it has a few... We, we mentioned them, maybe minor things. They, they are not affecting my gameplay yet. Uh, I, I'm going to be, let's just say I'm in the in the realm of the 9 to 9.5 on a tentative Richard scale, and it's definitely a possibility that when I finish that could go up. Of course, Ooh. it could go down. And uh, I really think this is going to be in my, in my end of the year top, maybe maybe three, if not game
0: of the year. Good deal. John, what about you?
2: i'm'm I'm, I'm kind of in the same vein i um and I like a good vein but uh, this uh, I, I i'd have i would have hated to see this game before the day one patch um <laughs> definitely before the, the day one patch because while none of the none of the glitches have been game breaking they've been extremely jarring like I was talking to chris the other day about uh fast travel. Which uh, Sean, don't get excited, but when you when you arrive at your destination, it seems like my screen kind of burns out a little bit. Like the like the lighting is so bright that it burns out. Plus, you know the the just the pausing and all that. But so that being said, all the all the glitches that you have to it kind of endure in the game doesn't take away from how amazing the experience is, and it's it's definitely a nine point five for me.
0: that Sean I I I listened to what John said and I read what you wrote I'm sorry (laughs) but well anyways (laughs) Um, they'll never know Um, I I'm with you guys except I never had issues because unlike you fools I played on the master race itself the PC of course so the thing always was running 60 frames never dropped once I hate you. I I, I told John it's possible. Listen, I don't want to
1: stir the pot on the Games Pass games. Mm -hmm. I've played two games on Games Pass. One was Gears 5. The other has been Ori. I think I may have another game that I played. There's there's always a little bit of, I don't want to say glitchiness to those games. But I I didn't play the games on a disc, so I don't know how to compare it. So John also played it on Games Pass. I
0: also played it on Games Pass, though
1: but PC pass.
0: Exactly cuz why wouldn't you play something Anecotal. on PC? <laughs> but um yeah, I think I'm riding the same ballpark as you guys. Um I don't know if I'm ready to say 10, but 9.5 definitely feels in the right ballpark at this point in time. Um just just from art style and everything expanding upon what made the first game so memorable uh, to something now where I'm like, wow, I, I don't know if you know I could go back to that original Ori if someone handel, handed it to me outside of just wanting to see the story again uh, because there's just so much more in this. but at the same time, it's not the expense of good game design and just adding things for the sake of adding them. Um, you know there's a lot of games where it feels like today, you always are trying to equate what's the value, you know, like, is this truly worth it, your time, or should you just wait for the price to drop and all that kind of stuff? So a lot of things feel very bloated uh, at times. And while Ori adds so much more in this one than was in the first one, it's still only about 12 hours or so, unless you're Sean and you suck at the game. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I feel like that was the perfect amount. And when I was getting to the end of the game, I was like, I'm ready for this to be wrapped up. And I was like, good. This is wrapping up. That That's what I want. Uh, you know, it felt like the right time. So even though it added a lot more, it didn't just say, OK, we add a bunch of stuff in. So now let's throw in 13 more bosses than we really need in this thing. It was like, no, everything that was in there was memorable. And it was memorable because it was well designed. And it fit in the narrative that they were trying to tell uh, the player. And I really appreciate that. I don't know. if These guys just want to remain independent. But I imagine Microsoft at this point is ready to back up a Brinks truck for them if they're willing to. And uh, sign these guys to be a studio that you just go, okay, whatever you want to make, we're totally on board to finance you and do whatever you want.
2: That would be a smart choice.
0: Right. But, yeah, um, uh, and, and you know what I have to say? After last year, we I talked about, like, it was really hard for me to start thinking about things for game of the year last year, and it was it felt a little bit more, um, you know, just there wasn't as obvious high notes out there. It's nice to know as kind of like what Sean said there earlier, like, that I can already say, well, at the very least, I know this is on the list for this year. Uh, if there's nothing else that shows up, you know, and I feel comfortable that being on my list at near the top.
2: Agreed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, we do. so do you, uh, Hey, Hey, Sean, speaking of some news, did you see the breaking news? <clears throat>
1: no. What, uh, what website?
0: Uh, so according to, uh, one Adam Schieffer, unless something happens, Tom Brady is going to be a buccaneer. That's so weird. Take that, Jameis Winston. (laughs) Please let him go New England and win. (laughs) He's just like, crab legs.
1: (laughs) For all of our Tampa Bay fans, how do you feel about that, huh?
0: Mike Evans' stock on the old uh, fantasy football league just went up.
1: (laughs) I wonder why he would choose Tampa Bay. Maybe the weather?
0: Uh, I think. I want to, if I had to guess, right, you have Mike Evans and you have OJ Howard. That's, that's kind of the two things he always wants, right? He wants a vertical receiver and he wants a uh, powerful tight end.
1: Do they got a running back that, you know, can do a thing or two?
0: I don't know about that. I'd have to, I'd have to look, but who knows? Anyways, uh, you guys want to do, uh, you want to do some news?
1: Yeah, man. News looks good.
0: Okay. <laughs> John, you want to do some news? Do it. Okay. Let's do some news. Hot up the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents The News. News! We kind of did it all right. All things yeah. considered there.
1: That's not too bad, buddy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, this new um, desktop background looks legit, Chris. I bet. I'm just saying.
0: You guys have to do stuff now because, you know, I'm just sitting here.
1: Yeah. Well, John, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to, sir? I'm ready to go. You tell me.
0: Go for it, buddy. All
1: right. Starting off with news I think we all expected E3 has been canceled. The Electronic Entertainment Expos has now officially been canceled over concerns about COVID-19 and not that other thing that was sure to end it. This is sure to have a huge impact on the future of the event, as well as the industry as a whole. At this time, the organization is looking for at the possibility of an, quote, online experience, much like this show this week. Uh, and that would be to replace the normal show that we know. According to the ESA, after careful, consu- uh, I was going to say cons- uh, consideration, but it's consultation, With our member companies regarding the health and safety of everyone in our industry, our fans, our employees, our exhibitors, and our longtime E3 partners, we have made the difficult decision to cancel E3 2020, uh, scheduled for June 9th through the 11th in Los Angeles. Following increased and overwhelming concerns about COVID-19, the virus, we feel this was the best way to proceed during such an unprecedented global situation. We are very disappointed that we are unable to hold this event for our fans and supporters, but we know it's the right decision based on the information we have today. Both attendees and exhibitors will be contacted concerning full refunds. Uh, In addition, Xbox and Ubisoft will host digital events following E3's cancellation. So, yeah.
0: This felt like a a mercy (laughs) out for them because I think it was pretty clear before this happened, even that they were down a dangerous path for many other things outside of disease. And it just felt like once this service, they were like, you know what? That's the out. That's our way to go ahead and say it, because no one else is canceling things in June at this point, though. I won't be surprised if we get to that eventually, you know, but they, they, it just felt like to me like they were they saw their lane and they knew it was the right call to do for them.
2: Yeah, this online experience that they're
0: discussing,
2: I don't see how that's going to be a possibility, particularly when the publishers of games are already doing that themselves. And maybe just maybe they can find the ability to replace what this thing Actually, does which is give indie developers an opportunity to put their games on stage with those publishers.
0: That's very true.
1: Uh I mean, because you can't, you cannot replicate. You know, being on the E3 floor after nope. the big press conferences, hands on. Right. Yep. You can't. You cannot. I don't know. We'll see, dude. You're
0: right. Yeah, the big losers in all of it are like kind of what. John was alluding to like if you're an indie developer and you're like okay I believe in this game being able to get a meeting with someone and be like hey this is why you should publish this game it means a lot to have places like GDC and E3 to do that for them and it's pretty clear right now you know that's not going to happen this year so you're just wondering how many how many smaller games might die this year that other years would have had chance to come out and then next thing you know we're looking and we're like wow man that's that's the best platformer i've played since celeste or whatever you know take your pick and all that kind of stuff uh you just you just hope that the best that is out there in in those regards can hold on and find someone who gives them i guess the 10 minutes they may need to sell them over on a on a game
2: the question though remains does e3 bounce back from this I just, it it feels, it feels like the death nail and maybe yeah. that's okay.
0: It, I don't think it bounces back to be what it has been for the last 10, 15 years. It could come back in a new way. Like I said, I think people thought maybe five, six years ago, um, that CES was on its way out, um, even longer than that. And to their credit, that is a, uh, conference that really rebranded it rebranded itself and figured out how to work for its current situation. So will E3 maybe be what we've historically thought it has been um, in the way that we expect, like having a huge show floor in the middle of Los Angeles? Maybe not, but it could be this thing where, you know, you have various hotels that around Los Angeles that have a bunch of people within the industry uh, showing off stuff in their conference rooms and stuff like that. And it still presents that opportunity for um, all the different, uh, you know, indie developers and such to get those connections we're talking about. While at the same time, if Microsoft and Sony still want to have an event at a theater, it's okay now because they don't have to worry about them paying millions of dollars on top of that to go be on the floor at E3.
1: I'm still bummed, though, man. There's nothing like, you know, we don't live where we can easily get to E3 unless we hop on a plane and all that stuff. There was just something about the E3, uh, like us camping out and waiting on them to come on, and we get to watch the big, you know, events. Then, of course, the show got to talk about E3 stuff. Like, what are we going to do in June, guys?
0: Watch watch the video for Microsoft.
2: (laughs) Play Last of Us.
0: Good points. Good points. That's fair,
2: yeah, I mean I, e, uh, e3's got to come up with an I, maybe I mean, maybe the ESA can spearhead a, a new idea for getting indie developers maybe that that sh- that could be their new focus on becoming an advocate for indie developers mm. or small time developers finding audiences of publishers like kind of like a kind of like a a headhunter would. When you're when a when a big company is looking for their next vice president, um, you know, I mean, and they could do that in a number of ways. They can have their own website where they charge a modest fee to have a small indie developer post a video showing a, a a demo and an idea and concept art and things like that. I think that would be really cool. So this could be an opportunity for ESA to do something truly unique to push indie developers forward. And if they want to call me to consult with it, they can. My number is blah, 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 blah.
0: I like it. I like what you did there. They would be like, this was the fool that thought Call of Duty was going to beat Red Dead Redemption 2.
2: Oh, segue. <laughs> well, speaking of Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty Warzone, the free-to-play battle royale mode, has been played by over 6 million players in its first 24 hours. The news uh, was revealed on Twitter saying, quote, What a day! 24 hours in and over 6 million of you have dropped into hashtag Warzone. Thank you. We're just getting started. Hashtag free Call of Duty. For comparison, Apex Legends drew in 2.5 million players in its first 24 hours back in February 2019, and reached 10 million in its first three days. So definitely good news for this game. Um, any of you guys played it yet?
1: Uh,
0: no. no. Uh, I do I, know that Jeff and Slade have, and yes, I don't. I haven't asked Slade what he's thought, but I know Jeff is liking it.
1: I downloaded it. Um, But I have other stuff on the old plate right now, fellas.
0: Apparently, if you don't have Call of Duty on PC, right? You know, Uh, and you want to download. Yeah, if you want to download Warzone, it's like 186 gig download just to play Warzone.
1: I mean, that's nothing, dude. You got like a two terabyte SSD in your new thing, right?
0: No, I have a one terabyte and then a four terabyte HDD uh, external. Ooh. (laughs) because <laughs> hey, mbm uh memory is expensive
2: i mean well chris you got to be careful mentioning pc around sean we don't want to we don't want to trigger him <sighs>
0: i hate you guys i've heard that the best way to play warzone is on pc though that's where the real players play jeff and slater real players i kind of wish sean how are you
2: going to play doom can you run doom eternal on your pc
0: sean I don't know if you can. Can your 1020 <laughs> GTX handle it, Sean? Right. I don't know. if
1: speak, I mean, you know what, dudes? I'm just going to go back go to World of Warcraft and just be a happy little camper. You know, man?
0: Job's <laughs> done.
1: Job's done. Uh, y'all ready for some numbers from February from the NPD?
0: It's Brave. pronounced Uh
1: nippe numbers for February 2020. The Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform. And the aforementioned Call of Duty Modern Warfare was the biggest-selling game of February 2020. Uh, February's spin totaled $755 million United States dollars, which is a 29% decline from 2019, believe it or not. Here is the best-selling games for February. Call of Duty Modern Warfare at 1. NBA 2K20 at 2. Grand Theft Auto V, the greatest game of all time.
2: Uh...
1: Dragon Ball Z Kakarot at four. Tom Clancy's The Division 2 at five. Mario Kart eight at six. And the Game of the Year Ring Fit Adventures at seven. Um, I actually want to play that game, believe it or not. Madden NFL 20 at eight. Super Smash Bros. at nine. And still hanging on at ten. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It's
0: almost like there weren't any big releases in
1: February.
0: <laughs> huh. uh, we certainly didn't struggle through finding things to talk about in this show. Jeez. We're good now, though, guys. We are good.
1: Speaking it of struggles.
2: that was a huge release. That Which Division one? 2 expansion came out. It was just that like, was in March. It it? Yeah. Oh,
1: was it? Shoot. Sorry. <laughs> and they had the sale... Leading into March on the Division 2, so you would be ready to play the expansion. See,
0: there you go. You know, what was also struggling to get to 4K?
2: Why, Doom Eternal? Ooh, that's a good one. Doom Eternal on Googly Stadia. Doom Eternal will not support true 4K on Google Stadia as was promised. When it was announced for the platform a year ago, Bethesda has released new technical specifications for each platform that Doom Eternal is coming to. The game, quote, will run at 1080p at 60 frames on HD displays and upsample to 2160p from 1800p at 60 frames per second on 4K displays. The question remains, and this is just me talking here, is this Google Stadia's fault or will people be more inclined to blame Bethesda? Because that is the trend these days.
1: I would blame I Stadia. Yeah, I think the easy punching bag right now is Stadia, obviously. Um, Yeah. Uh, I,
0: I have a know, feeling man. I will have no problem with my 2070 running. Shut uh, your face. Well, I mean, this is what you have to compare it to, right? Like, so I would imagine with my uh, 2070, I would. Run in fourteen forty at sixty frames, probably higher than sixty frames per second, no problem on ultra specs, right? Um, and I would imagine a twenty t twenty eighty Ti would actually be able to probably um, be something that comes close to achieving four K. But well, I mean, the thing is, is that Bethesda isn't the one who's going out there and promising that it's Stadia who is promising you that you're going to get 4k if you play this game there. And now they've kind of, you know, it's one of those things where you're told something up front, and, and then reality finally hits. And that's what they're going through right now is that they're finding out. It's really, really hard to take a game like doom that is all about movement and speed and keep your frames per second very high While sending it over, uh, you know, various servers to a user. So unless they have extremely good internet, Uh, so you know, I I think the biggest problem with Stadia continues to be how much they promise people up front, and now how much they've had to roll back on those promises versus folks like PlayStation and uh, Xbox where they can more so do the stuff where they are not overpromising and slowly adding more as they figure things out.
1: Well, John, I'd have you know that the division 2 is now on Google Stadia, sir. So if you'd like to bring John Rambo to the cloud streaming platform, this is your chance.
0: Can you buy for 3.99? Well, that would mean that's the third time I bought the
1: game, so I don't know if that's yeah. a good idea. Well, you'd have to buy the Google Stadia first, which is like one twenty nine, and then pay the three ninety nine if it's still. $399. So you're.
0: Can you still not so just do no the digital version? The
2: Stadia train?
1: What?
0: <laughs> I think he asked you if you're still uh, on that Stadia train, <laughs> and I asked. No. I said, "Can you even get it without the dongle
1: yet?" No, you have to have the dongle, dude. That's how it co- connects to the thing. You got to mm. dongle it up,
0: dude. This this next one's a big dongle.
1: Yeah, these are some nice.
0: <laughs> that was my pivot. <laughs> yeah, these are
1: some nice <laughs> specs, huh? The CPU is an 8X
0: Zen 2 cores. What, what has an 8X Zen 2 cores, Sean? I'm going to get to it.
1: The way he read it,
0: I'm going to do it like this.
1: So, what if I told you your CPU was 8XN2 cores at 3.8 gigahertz? Um, John, what does SMT stand for? 3.6 gigahertz with SMT. Chris, John, anybody? Your GPU is 12 teraflops. You got a custom GPU. Your memory is a 16 gig GDR6.
0: Yeah. You're
1: going to have a a custom one terabyte SSD. NVMe. That's right. Your optical drive will be a 4K UHD Blu-ray. We'll be able to support 120 frames per second. Potential 8K resolutions, but don't hang your hat on games coming out at 8K resolutions. Maybe some indie titles. Uh, Ray tracing technology, which if you don't know about ray tracing technology, you need to get on that ship. Um, variable rate shading for more stable frame rates Mm -hmm. and a big one is compatible with all your xbox one accessories including like your uh, controller your hard drive with all your games already on it
0: wait you're Uh, saying that the playstation 5 is compatible with my xbox (laughs) accessories oh no
1: sir the xbox series x its processor is powerful enough to run four xbox one s game sessions simultaneously Uh, Of course, like I mentioned, ray tracing is also pretty uh, impressive. According to IGN, quote, dedicated hardware inside the Series X seemingly means that the console can handle more intensive ray tracing than expected, harnessing the equivalent of 25 teraflops of power. (laughs) Despite the console's GPU having only 12 teraflops. The quick resume feature, which is awesome if you haven't seen it, it really is cool, will allow you to store in the SSD and turn off, unplug, or update your console, then boot directly back into the game exactly where you left off. Series X is also capable of applying HDR effects to games that don't specifically have that functionality or even knew about the functionality when they were made. Basically, this uh, machine is a beast, and as our news team points out, it's slightly larger than a banana.
0: Longer, <laughs> I cannot wait.
1: You guys are gonna be yeah. off in PC world, and I'm gonna be all I got me a new Xbox world, you know.
0: This has been my new favorite thing that Phil at least does, uh, in the build up to release of his consoles is he gives the folks at Digital Foundry the system and just lets them tear it down. And if you're a techie, if you really like all that stuff, you know seeing them be able to go in and tell you this is what's on here and this is how this works and why that matters is uh, it's pretty cool. Cause you know, back in the day, the only way you would find this stuff out is the system would come out uh, and then someone would have to actually manually figure out how to take everything apart and then start to figure out how everything was working together in conjunction. So I think it's really cool.
1: It too. Uh, should I post that video to our discord chat for our listeners that I sent you from why not Austin evans? I'm gonna go ahead and do that they don't even they don't even know yet, bro <laughs> they don't even know that it's coming their way
0: um, and we didn't put it in the news, but we were wondering what uh <laughs> once this came out Monday and we saw we were like, well, is Sony ever gonna say something and by the time you guys are listening this more than likely, apparently you should have some specs, so next week, I guess we get to actually. Finally, see how the PS5 and the Xbox Series X measure up to one another, at least on the spec side of things. Take that, Mark Cerny.
1: Yeah, you said that. That's, that's great.
0: Yeah. Uh, John?
1: Is John still alive?
0: <laughs> Do I need to read the next one?
2: <laughs> what is a teraflop? Anyway... We can talk about something different, something more childlike, something more on my level. Let's talk about Lego Super Mario. Oh. After a brief tease on Twitter from I Lego, LEGO and Nintendo, we now know a lot more about what they are planning. It looks to be a hybrid between a buildable Mario playset that is also a game with sound effects. Buyers will be able to build customized Mario levels using specialty Lego bricks, which will interact in various ways with the unique Lego Mario figure. Mario is a larger than normal figurine that interacts with different characters and features of the playsets uh, and uh, in unique ways. Lego Mario seemingly is an attempt to bring Mario Maker to life. And I've seen the the video to this and I, you know I gotta I gotta be honest, I was a tad bit disappointed um, but you know it, it's something I you know my interest in it at this point would be, Buying it, keeping it in the box, and maybe it'll be worse off this someday. But, you know, hopefully it's a a cool product. I just hope we're getting – I'd like to get more stuff out Mm -hmm. of this, like actual video games or Lego sets that, you know, might be possible if this thing is successful. So we just have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, you hope it's, like, the first step, right? Because it is weird, like, when you see this thing – And you're like, this is Lego, but it it was pretty obvious to me that Nintendo was like, look, if you want Mario, then Mario's face has to be Mario's face. And, you know, of course, traditional Lego, that just wouldn't work, (laughs) I guess. You know, it would have to be an adaptation, but maybe that was like their big thing is like, no, Mario has to be Mario. Um, But I'm kind of with you. I like I hope this is maybe the start of something. And if things go well. We can eventually get to the point where I'm making things like Bowser's ship out of Legos or we actually just have a cool take on the Mario Brothers uh, video world where, you know, everyone looks like a Lego figurine instead.
1: What's funny is when I finally I I did it twice when Mm. I when I first found out about what Lego Super Mario was, I zoned out and before I knew it, like the video was done. And then just now as we're doing Lego Super Mario in the news, I like zoned out and started thinking about how cool the Xbox Series X is. <laughs> like Story's I done. No, I have no interest in this. They had they they had me. I was a fish in a pond and I saw a worm on a hook and I didn't care that it was underwater and shouldn't be. I was gonna bite it. And then it had a stupid gigantic Mario head on it, and it was dumb.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Do I get to read this next one?
1: Yeah, I think I was going to say, Chris, you should definitely read this next one.
0: The Witcher will return. CD Projekt Red has announced that we will begin developing a new game in the Witcher series after the release of Cyberpunk 2077. According to president of CD Projekt Red, Adam Kinski, they have created a clear concept for a new single-player game. The production will begin with a smaller team. He also emphasized to not expect this to be a continuation of Geralt's story, saying that his story was complete. Obviously, this will be a Funko Pop strategy uh, <laughs> <laughs> game on The Witcher.
1: <laughs> You're not done, buddy.
0: Oh, is there was there more? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, okay. there was another Who page. I had to, I had to scroll. You know. Uh, in other words. Cyberpunk 2077 will still be released on time although developers have moved to work at a uh, home schedule so that's good
1: kind of like we did
0: yeah Um, Yeah. but you know that makes me happy of course because I just love the world of the Witcher and there's a lot of characters you could go and set up you know like you could do a Knights of the Old Republic type thing Where uh, it's, you know, your own custom Witcher character maybe set a hundred years before anything that Geralt ever does or is set long before, uh, you know, during the heyday of the Witchers or or even like way before the events of any of the games that get explore, uh, explored. And we can actually have some of these famous past stories that Geralt has had and maybe you run into him as they are happening. There's a lot of things that could do with it.
1: Maybe from another point of view or something is what you're saying. That would be cool. But at the same time, dude, at this point, Geralt's such a, a recognizable character. Um, yeah. I think you need to have a a segue into maybe branching off from a non-Geralt themed or, you know, focused game. Uh, somewhat like how God of War is kind of doing with the boy and and. I don't. I don't know how it's going to work. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the the the, the games because I've never played them. That's probably the big reason. Um, but just from an outsider looking in, it feels like this is possibly a misstep. But I guess we'll see. I mean, I am excited about Cyberpunk 2077, though. So we'll see. You know what I'm saying?
0: For sure.
1: Any, anything else, guys?
0: Y'all are terrible. One of you guys is excited for crunch. I'm not talking Uh, about Captain.
1: No. Um, According to a recent report, The Last of Us Part 2's development crunch, not Captain Crunch, which I prefer, or Crunchin' much, but the development crunch, continued after it was delayed. In a report from Kotaku, anonymous developers at the studio discussed the effects of the game's delay from February to April. The main point was that crunch would not subside as a result of the extra development time. One dev stated, quote, people thinking the extension is somehow to relieve stress or the workload on the team are wrong. The first thing that they wanted uh, to reiterate is that we aren't slowing down the pace, end quote. The report does emphasize that the delay, the de- sorry, the delay was a relief to many members of the team. Uh, quote, that's one of the reasons crunch always happens here. People are given the freedom to keep working longer, to push the envelope of what they are working on to make things just 10% better. It's what the studio looks for when hiring people, end quote.
0: I just I'm not surprised.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got, yeah, I mean.
0: It makes sense. Yeah. Fundamentally, it just seems like a fact.
1: Yeah. Head bob. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah um wow shocking studio of humongous AAA game has more crunch after delaying it three months uh, I, I i wish it was a different story i think a lot of people might um especially right now with everything that's going on but this is just how this industry works and i guess If you really have an issue with it, then I would say don't buy it. Otherwise, you know, they're probably just going to keep doing what they do.
2: Well, this this one, this approach was interesting to me because it's one of the first articles I've looked at about this issue where it actually sort of gives quotes from people who are saying, yeah, that's true. But it's because of this. It's because we're given the freedom to do this. It's because of this of this. It, it seemed to be more balanced than, one I, the, than the things I've been reading in the past. And it's almost as if um, the media out there is, is realizing that there's not really that much blood in the water for this type of story. Like people aren't really reacting to this thing in any real um, vicious way. And I, I think people who read this are just being kind of adults about it going, you know, in any, in any work-based arena, you're going to have, a certain amount of crunch in competitive areas like the entertainment industry. And I just think, I I don't know. I think, I think um, it seems like media outlets are starting to back off a little bit. That's kind of what I'm picking up from this story.
1: It's possible they're backing off because of uh, another news that's dominating the world right now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It it Uh, might uh, also uh, just be one of those things though, too, where, you know, they don't want to rush to, to say something is when it isn't. And, you know, obviously here they're following it up, which is good, and they're giving context, which is also good. But if you come through after this game comes out and the same things usually happen, right? A bunch of people, one-third gets laid off, and you're like, oh, hey, there was all this crunch, and then we didn't get any of the rewards for it. Um, You know, I have a feeling it will come roaring right back. Uh, so the balls in their court w- is whatever that happens
2: the case with naughty dog
0: uh they've always had crunch issues that is true no i mean
2: i mean after after a release they i've never known them to really you know let go of workers after a release like i mean that's a common thing but yeah. things like um i think they're
0: in a i don't know I'm sure, though, if uh, they have some mass exodus, right, we'll probably hear about it somewhere. Probably (laughs) Kotaku.
1: Or yeah, our news team will be all over that. Chris, you're not wrong.
0: I should probably do this last part, though, right?
1: Is it time? Finally, this week.
2: Ooh.
0: Finally, John. Finally, this week.
2: Finally, this week we have twenty million steamers. Steam has just broken its own record for most concurrent players, and on March 14th, guys, 20 million people were using the platform. That is a lot of Steamers, some of which were probably from Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) According to its own tracker, a peak count of 19,728,027 people were using the service around 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. This new record could be attributed to people practicing social distancing with more people having the opportunity to get online. And with no sports to watch as well.
0: Ouch.
1: Yeah, I mean you're not wrong, dude. Hey. That's yeah. a
2: lot of that's a lot of steam.
1: It is. It is. It's Who knows knows for you? Ste-
2: Can you imagine twenty million steamers all just falling down on your chip? Wait, what is-
1: I was just going to give you props for, in, you know, including and dropping in that little nugget of a joke. You know, uh, See, that's what
2: a that's what a steamer is. You drop a nugget on. Wait, yeah, I, on. I, you're talking yeah. about something else.
1: Yes. But uh, you got some corners. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, I do.
1: Yes, I do. Chris, wrap this thing up, bro. <laughs> but never.
0: Do you want to wrap this up? <laughs> never.
1: Not even in a world of COVID 19, bro. Well, Never.
2: yeah, we need to wrap it. Wrap it.
0: Commencing raps. Commencing
2: rap. Email.
0: We did not do as well that time. It it didn't go as well this time, but you know, we tried. Uh, okay. I think it's
1: fine. We got some emails, huh?
0: We do. We do have some emails. Uh, and if you want to write your thoughts and prayers in thoughts and prayers during this dark time of COVID 19, you can write them to us by simply writing weeklygameschat at gmail.com. That's weeklygameschat at gmail.com, just like Big Griff did. He says, My dudes. As a large large majority of us are hunkering down, working remote, etc., we are all inevitably going to have some extra game time and family time, too, hopefully. Currently, we are in the midst of an annual Bloodborne community event where everyone goes back to play Bloodborne for a couple of weeks. Not sure if any of you played it at any point, but it holds up incredibly well for being five years old and is one of my personal favorites from this generation. Happy to roll with any you, Richards, if you want to jolly co-op f- or want a jolly co-op friend on BS4. He gave us uh his name. So if any of you are interested in playing, please let me know. Uh, let's let us cleanse these foul streets. That's Big Riff, a.k.a. Okay, Jason. Um, yeah, he's
1: not wrong. What's up, Big Riff again? Uh, yeah, we got some time on our hands, guys.
0: I would join in, but unfortunately, I'm in my own uh, get good game hell right now, so I, I will have to pass for the short time.
1: Yeah, I, I got some things going on, but you know, I'm not ruling it out, buddy. There you go. Oh, we, we should at least be friends on the devices, possibly. We'll see.
0: DVC's. Devices. DVC's. Let me see. Um, hold on a second. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, we have uh lawyer Rob wrote in.
1: Oh my goodness, what's up, Rob?
0: And he wrote a freaking like court finding, you know. Uh, like a Saul Goodman, like Supreme Court Justice just handed us down something. <laughs> uh, but anyways. <laughs> Uh, He says, Charles McGill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He says, dear gentlemen, it's been a while since my last correspondence. (laughs) I'm not really able to listen to podcasts at work, and I have been making a lot of phone calls on my commutes lately. However, thanks to the coronavirus, work became a bit less busy. The upside was that I had time this week to pound out your last five (laughs) episodes in quick succession. Finally getting caught up this afternoon. I recognize some of the following comments reference episodes that are over a month old, but the lack of listener emails the last few shows convinced me to write in some older topics. As always, I appreciate your insight on the weekly games. I was initially interested in Zombie Army 4 Dead War based solely on the title, but said interest waned as the review went on, and I realized it was not in fact related to Super Tuesday as was teased. On a more positive note, I am now (laughs) planning to get Indivisible and maybe Blood Roots as well, even though the latter title isn't something I would normally look into. I was disheartened to still hear uh, your take on Untitled Goose Game. I implore you to take a gander at it soonest. See, John, a gander is...
2: (laughs) Related to a (laughs) goose?
0: In regards to a now very old comment. Chris Bret Hart did not turn heel in 97. If anything's the fans <laughs> turn heel on him. You are darn right about this, Rob. They turn his back. Bret Hart never stopped caring about the America or, you know, the idea of being a good family man. That's what the Hart foundation was about. Uh, this fact should not be up for a debate unless you have like me read Mr. Hart's near 600 page autobiograph, uh, autobiography cover to cover on another note. I was shocked to find myself agreeing with John on something football related for once. What?
1: If uh, he says something about <laughs> this. Thome, no longer
0: allowed to write into
1: our show, sir. Uh,
0: having grown up in central <laughs> Ohio, I typically suffer through the sports talk as basically just sec beast, uh, beat saber, but I <laughs> found his question about touchdowns fair. While even most casual fans understand breaking the plane is all that necessary uh, in the modern game, I find the ridicule of Johns disingenuous uh, because originally, as in rugby, the pigskin did in fact have to touch the ground in order for points to be scored, which is where the term comes from. I also agree that John, or with John, that seems counterintuitive, that the ruling for a touchdown is different for that of a completed catch near the sidelines. In fact, John's different, uh, or in fact, John's questions have recently been echoed by my wife.
1: His wife.
0: Who has never watched a football game until 2014. So I think the rest of you should go a little easier on him. Never. We will never do that, sir.
1: Yeah, now you're. we're going to not go easy on you, man. I think the... Football.
0: The best part of the past month was we were having a random uh telegram conversation about something completely different. I don't even think John was in the conversation at that moment. And our friend of the show, Adam, just goes, but if the football breaks the plane. <laughs> and here's the thing, here's everyone the thing. knew. Everyone Please knew. Don't.
2: Please don't. Here's 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 the thing.
0: The you issue John?
2: I had and 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 All I was asking was, and and thank you, lawyer Rob, was I was asking, why was it a good rule? And to this day, Mm -hmm. nobody's answered that question. And I don't think anybody can. And it simply just is. It it is the rule. I'm okay with it. But no one can explain why it's a good rule.
0: I don't know. Yeah, it's just a rule.
2: (laughs) And I've been laughed at by everybody.
0: As you should be. Uh, speaking of John, I'm Granted. curious to know his PC, CPU, and GPU to have a better point of reference for his opinions on the games he plays on that platform. I'm hanging on to my fourth-gen i5 and GTX 1070 for the present, uh, which still do an adequate job of 1080p, but I can't trust a game will play as well on my machine as Chris's 1080 Ti. <laughs> was a 1080 Ti. Uh, powered Beast. Uh, Based on recent comments, I'm unclear whether Sean actually has traditionally has had a traditionally functional PC or just a hamster in a wheel connected (laughs) to a potato at this point. But it will be but I'll be interested in knowing his rig specs as well, particularly the top speed of the hamster. Finally, I generally appreciate hearing discussions of different platforms on the show. Sean, uh, Steam, Steam, Steam. (laughs) I don't own an Xbox, but I do have a standard PS4 and two switches for playing Pokemon Animal Crossing with with my wife. And it's nice to get uh, opinions on which games are suited to which platforms. I typically play non-exclusives on PC since the platform essentially never becomes obsolete, while my older consoles collect dust and boxes, and my PS3 is basically just a Blu-ray player at this point. My biggest frustration is the fragmentation of the player bases. I was hoping to see crossplay or at least cross save with Division Two, uh, Division Two's expansion, but it seems that will not be the case. I did read that Division Two will have crossplay between PC and Stadia, and I suppose that's great for the dozens of Stadia users out there. But that doesn't let me play on PC with my PS4 friends or even use the same character like I do sometimes with Destiny Two. Uh, my apologies for the long email, but since I hadn't spent any quality time with you lately, it seemed like yeah, you were we going you. through a dry spell. I thought perhaps the length might be welcome. All the best and game on, lawyer Rob. Thank you, Listen, Rob. And game on.
1: We all we always love some long length. You know what I'm saying?
0: That's true.
2: In a dry <laughs> spell, any length is welcome.
1: That's right. Um, but it's funny. I true. The, I kinda zoned out. and was I was paying attention, but I went and immediately searched the Bret Hart Montreal screw job. Oh man. In which uh, Earl Hebner under orders from Vince McMahon, of course, called for the bell as Shawn Michaels held Bret Hart in a sharpshooter. And Hart did not submit,
0: but the belt was given to Shawn Michaels. Oof. And then he spit in his face and punched him in uh, behind and the closed door. Yeah. It got real, yeah. real fast. And that was the day my little WWF heart got broken. You just
1: sounded like Mike from Better Call Saul.
0: Right? (laughs) (laughs) You want to come and do
1: this?
0: (laughs) Take your shot. Uh, And last here, we have an email from John, but not that John. This one's got an H in his name. And he says, hey, guys.
1: Hey. Hey. Okay.
0: My name is John, and I found your podcast when y'all did that Sonic the Hedgehog movie episode. Oof. Uh, after listening to that episode, the one? <laughs> after listening to that episode, I unsubscribe from all my other podcasts and just listen to you guys. Since finding Weekly Sweet. Games Chat, I've listened to many of your previous episodes. I listen to at least one a day, and I've listened to around twenty at this point. Dear Lord, I am so sorry. Uh, you guys make me laugh when I am at work and make my morning commute very enjoyable. I get up at five thirty a.m. and when I get to my car to leave the house, I have your podcast on, and it's very enjoyable. calming for me to listen on my morning drive anyways keep up the good work my only complaint is i can't seem to listen to all of your episodes not sure if there's a reason but the episode list stops at one fifteen on itunes which is unfortunate i'm sure you all have done episodes on games that i really love my personal favorite of you three is john oh god that was hard to say Uh, and not just because we have the same name He's so funny to me. I can't remember the exact context, but in the previous episode, Sean kept saying feline, feline. What does that even mean? And John replied, it means a cat. <laughs> and I literally busted out laughing while working. I'll end this here before I keep going on how much I love this podcast. Please don't ever stop and game on John. John, you got some love, bro.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I'm sorry that he discovered <laughs> the episode on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, right? That one was a struggle.
0: <laughs> that was a great one, sir. That was a great one.
1: Yeah, you really, you really, you you guys brought it together on that one, man. Showed you professionalism,
0: um, John. As far as what you're asking for, where we stop at 115 on there, um, basically it's because we switched providers at one point, who were hosting us. Um, and I think the only play at this or place at this point, you can actually listen to the old episodes. Uh, I believe a user said it was on either Spotify or Google play. I think it might have been Google play, but if you go to our discord server and you join that just by searching weekly games chat, then I know somewhere in the chat and I'll see if I can get, uh, one of our listeners to, uh, repost that link. So it's fresh when you join. Um, you should be able to go there and you might not be able to get them easily conveniently the most convenient way on your phone. But if you're probably willing to download Google play or whatever, I'm sure you'll be able to link up and listen to them. John, the people rise on Twitter while they were hunkered in their bunkers.
1: Yeah. yeah we got a little bit of action. Uh, of course you can find us on Twitter at weekly game chat, just like heidokiri 36 did. Um, and they say uh weekly games chat been thinking about picking up uh Zombie Army Four. Looks very cool. It must have been due to John's extremely well-delivered review of said game. Of uh, course. At, at Patrick underscore Dixon said hey, a weekly game chat, is this walking dead enough? Hordes of starving monkeys seem storming empty streets in Thailand as tourists stay away. And there is a link to the daily of the the monkeys doing monkey things. Uh, one of my favorite tweets this week uh, at David McClendon uh, forwarded to us and mentioned to us that sources plus a report, Sony has two Silent Hill titles in development: a Silent Hill reboot at Japan Studio and Silent Hills at Kojima Productions. Um, so they wanted he wanted to know our thoughts on that possible report.
0: I made his own doubt. Silent what was Hill that? Fans, oh, Silent Hill. Oh, yeah, the rumors.
2: Well, actually, I was talking to Chris about this. um, I think it was Colin Moriarty who tweeted uh, something about a rumor where PlayStation was actually looking into buying uh, Silent Hill, Castlevania, and Metal Gear from Konami. And the rumor was expanded upon to say that they were going to let Kojima work on uh, Silent Hill and Metal Gear. So I don't know how much can be you know believed on that but it was an interesting rumor
0: yeah uh, i say wait and see i won't be shocked i guess especially if they decide to go out there and give konami a very pretty penny for these properties which it sounds like konami doesn't have much interest in developing themselves but at the same time i'm like would Kojima himself really want to go work on a, another Mel Gear game? I guess it's possible, but at the same time, he might be like, no, I've moved on from that. And maybe I could definitely see the Silent Hill one more of the two that, that would probably pique his interest right now. But who knows? Um, it's
1: still pretty exciting. I mean,
0: yeah, I, I just have to play,
1: <laughs> uh, what is it, Resident Evil 7 in VR on stream when I get good internet? Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you. I did uh, look at my new address, and I'll be able to get AT and T fiber.
0: Ooh, so you have yeah. real internet.
1: I'm excited. F John's internet and his stupid computer. What? <laughs>
0: <Wow>. That's funny.
1: <laughs> uh, to finish up Twitter real quick, we got a couple new follows at Nisha9125. Uh, thank you for the follow. Following you back. You say that you rarely tweet. You are sorry, but thank you for following us. Um, at Hito Kiri 36 you already were mentioned on our show today from a tweet you gave us but thank you for the following you following you back you have been lost since the 8-bit era Uh, and finally at Ian Martinez NU thank you for the follow following you back Uh, we appreciate all of you guys who of course keep our community strong even amidst um, the show being not near each other and remotely recording this week for your ears
0: Woohoo. Um with that said, this has been episode two hundred and forty seven of Weekly Games Chat. If you like this show, subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, and you'll get a new episode, even if we have to record it remotely. Uh just like this every Wednesday. Uh and if while you're there, you can give us a rating or a like, helps other people find the show. So we always appreciate that. If you want to subscribe to us on the social medias, we're out there on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, You can find us simply by searching at weekly games chat. And if you want to join in the discussion, just head over to discord and go ahead and search weekly games chat there. And you'll get to join our wonderful community. A lot of interesting conversations, especially since no one can go outside right now. Uh, And then if you want to write a more direct long form, uh, Thought to us then just write us an email Weekly chat at gmail.com And as we just showed today It doesn't matter how long it is We'll probably read it because we're We're desperate for attention and praise
1: We're email whoers Yeah pretty much <laughs>
0: Alright Um, But that said I hope Sean and John That you uh, Stay safe and healthy Yeah Sean, you're welcome to come over. I don't trust John coming <laughs> over. He he goes outside of his house five days a week still.
2: By choice, clearly.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but that said, I will simply say game on Sean. Again, I will say game on Sean.
1: Oh, I didn't hear the Sean part. If that happened, I'm sorry. Game on Chris.
0: Game on, John. Game on, Chris. Game on.
1: John, <laughs> that's so funny.
2: <laughs>
1: Game on, Johnny Bear. Hey, I got a surprise for you. What is it?
0: Game on. Yeah, Ooh, came that's on late
1: <laughs> She was so nervous waiting right there. That was awesome. Your mom's box.